Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 214 of the Church of Jesus Christ Study Podcast. Thank you for joining us today as we continue with um, Come Follow Me study this week for July the 27th to August the 2nd. Um, and we're covering Alma 39 to 42, The Great Plan of Happiness. And today and tomorrow we're going to conclude with looking at Alma 42. And this is... I mean, we, we say this often when we go through the Book of Mormon, that this is my favourite part, this is my favourite part, oh no, this is my favourite part. Hour 42 always holds a place in my heart. Um, I say that because when I studied, I, there was a moment when I studied it on my, on my mission and it really opened my eyes to just the blessing and, and the wonderful atonement that our Saviour made for us. So this is really a highlight for me. Um, and in fact, um, as we move, go into Alma 42, uh, there's a quote that I want to share um, by... Um, Elder Quentin L. Cook, who said, quote, Alma 42 contains some of the most magnificent doctrine on the atonement in all scripture. Alma helped Corianton understand that it is not an injustice that the sinner should be consigned to a state of misery, but he noted that, that starting with Adam, a merciful God had provided a space for repentance, because without repentance, the great plan of salvation would have been frustrated. Alma also established that God's plan is a plan of happiness, close quote. This truly is, to me, one of the most wonderful chapters in the Book of Mormon, in fact, in all scripture that we have that teaches about the atonement. And it led to one of probably the most influential and uh, memorable analogies that we have in the church today about the atonement. And that is the the analogy or parable of the mediator. Um, So we will perhaps talk about that if we get the chance. But let's move into the chapter itself. In Alma 42, verse 5. Uh, we see why it was important that Adam should not be, be able to live forever. He said in verse 5, Alma said in Corianton to verse 5, For behold, if Adam had put forth his hand immediately and partaken of the tree of life, he would have lived forever, according to the word of God, having no space for repentance. Yea, and also the word of God would have been void, and the great plan of salvation would have been frustrated. Now, first of all, this clears up something which is a bit... Um, symbolic or you know a bit confusing at times to understand in the story of the fall and that is the putting the cherubim and the flaming sword in the way to guard the tree of life um you know that always to me seemed a bit almost a bit random um you know what what is this tree of life for a start and and what is this and why is this cherubim and what is this cherubim and flaming sword that's being placed in the way but you know kind of understanding this verse a bit more uh, from our 42 indicates to me that it's simply the Lord stating that this immortality is something that has to be not offered to man at this time so that they have this space for repentance. Um, Monty S. Nyman said this, quote, In comparing the laws of justice and mercy, had Adam and Eve partaken of the tree of life, they would have become immortal beings at that time. Just as the forbidden fruit changed them from mortal beings, the fruit of the tree of life would have changed them into immortal beings. This was the eternal law or the attribute of justice according to the eternal law. On the other hand, the law of mercy protected Adam and Eve from the tree of life, so they could have an opportunity to repent and serve God. The plan of salvation was for man to fall that men might be. Had there been no fall, they would have had no children, and the earth would not have been populated. The Lord created the earth that it should be inhabited, and he have created his spirit children that they should possess it. Therefore, the plan of salvation would have been frustrated had there been no probationary time. Close quote. And this goes on uh, to explain why we have this time on earth. Uh, It says in verse 6, Alma says, But behold, it was appointed unto man to die. Therefore, as they were cut off from the tree of life 
they should be cut off from the face of the earth, and man became lost forever. Yea, they became fallen men. Um, Elder Elton Perry also um, kind of teaches about this importance of mortality further. He said, quote, The main purpose of earth life is to allow our spirits, which existed before the world was, to be united with our bodies for a time of great opportunity and mortality. The association of the two together has given us the privilege of growing, developing, and maturing as only we can with spirit and body united. With our bodies, we pass through a certain amount of trial in what is termed a probationary state of our existence. This is a time of learning and testing to prove ourselves worthy of eternal opportunities. It is all part of a divine plan our Father has for his children. Close quote. So, yeah, it's... um. A wonderful time that we have and I think that sometimes we can get mired down with the language of you know this is the time to go through trials this is the time to experience difficulties this is the time to grow and develop and we know that growing and developing takes effort and hard work and pain um, but uh, as Elder Perry says it is a wonderful time it's a blessed time that we have to be able to have a body and go through this opportunity of life um, and of course life inevitably leads to death um, and in verse 8, Alma says, Now behold, it was not expedient that man should be reclaimed from this temporal death, for that would destroy the great plan of happiness. If we were to live forever on this earth, well, we'd be stuck here. You know, I think that uh, that's quite clear. We have to die to progress in this great plan of happiness. And also, I mean, obviously, we know the world itself is becoming quite overpopulated at this time in certain areas. But having said that, it would be even more overpopulated if people didn't die since man became you know, man, and whatever your view on that is, um, you know, that is that is the point, that it would be vastly overpopulated now if man did not have the opportunity to die. President Russell M. Nelson gave some wonderful and um, merciful words on this. Um, he said, quote, One of the sobering responsibilities a surgeon bears on occasion is to inform the family when a loved one passes away. In one hospital where I worked, a special room was built with padded walls where family members could receive such news. There, some people, mani some people manifested their grief by banging their heads against those padded walls. How I longed to teach those individuals that death, though difficult for surviving loved ones, is a necessary part of our immortal existence. Death allows us to progress to the next world. Close quote. Now, I love this. And first of all, I mean, it must be so difficult that President Nelson, as a surgeon, had to deliver this news of death to to people's loved ones, but also couldn't say to them, give them words of comfort. I mean, you imagine, well, President Nelson such a loving and caring man. I'm sure, as he says, he would have absolutely loved the opportunity to give them some hope, some reassurance that this is a natural part of life and that they will be, and that their loved one is now in the next stage of their exciting ex um, existence in the plan. But, of course, as a as a secular surgeon, he would have not been able to just flat out say, oh, well, let me teach you about this uh, post-mortal existence we have, though. Um, it just wouldn't have been appropriate. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I can imagine that would have been difficult for him to, to kind of have to work through. But for us, it is a great blessing to know that this is a, something which is a possibility. It is available for us. 
Uh, finally, uh, we come to verse 13, which we'll end on today, which says, Therefore, according to justice, the plan of redemption could not be brought about, only on conditions of repentance of men in this probationary state, yea, this preparatory state. For except it were for these conditions, mercy could not take effect, except it should destroy the work of justice. Now the work of justice could not be destroyed. If so, God would cease to be God. Now, that is to me one of the best verses that we have in scriptures to explain why we have commandments, why we have um, you know, this importance of the, the, the role of death and why we need to accept that there are commandments to be followed and that we should do our best to follow them. Uh, you know, I think that we need to understand that the law of justice is something which is an eternal law um, and that it's something which even God is bound by, that that we must be obedient to this. Now, obviously, because of um, what we'll learn about in the next half of the chapter, um, it is possible for us to sin against this law and still return to our Heavenly Father's presence perfected. Uh, but of course, uh, we know that it, that involves someone who will come in and take upon him that those demands of justice, uh, which, of course, we will learn about our, our saviour tomorrow. What I find interesting, just to close, is that this chapter is literally, quite literally, for me, split in half. This first chap- this first half that we've discussed today, up to about verse 14, um, is very much focused on law of justice, um, demands of justice, Laws must be kept, death must be, you know, respected, and so on. And then the second half of the chapter deals very much with the the, the mercy side of things, uh, how the saviour will come, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. But I just found it interesting that it is almost literally in halfway, a halfway split, and it pivots again on the saviour in the centre. I'm not saying it's a chiastic structure because I've not sat down and looked at it. I mean, first of all, someone may have already pointed that out. I've not researched into that. Second of all, um, you know, the, the idea of a chiastic structure is that the first point in the in the section, it mirrors the, the last point in the section. And then the second point in the section mirrors the second to last point in the section and so on until it meets in the centre. So, I mean, it probably doesn't meet that um, if I've, it, unless it does and someone's already found that out. But I just love how it's kind of pivots in the centre anyway uh, with the Saviour uh, making the, the mercy possible. And we'll find out about that tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please share what you've been studying on church, the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts and comments there. Uh, you can now purchase my book. Uh, it's now available in Kindle, free until Sunday. And it's also available in paperback, which is exciting as well. I'm waiting for my copy in the post to arrive in a week or so. And um, the and there's also the email, which you can email session at gmail.com. If you're interested in joining a future podcast episode, I'd love to have someone join um, and discuss something uh, that is coming up in the next week or two uh, in a in a interactive study session with, with me. Thank you for your time. And until we meet again. <laughs>